Welcome back to the Wire Podcast. I'm Ryan McQuarrie, and today I'm going to be talking about the NBA All-Star Weekend, which was held this weekend. Uh, it was a successful weekend in Chicago. I'm going to be talking about all the events, like the Skills Challenge, the three-point contest, the dunk contest, and the All-Star Game. Uh, and then there's two huge stories I want to talk about at, talk about at the end of the podcast. Um, I want to talk about two moves the Rockets made, and then one signing the Clippers made today. Uh, I'm re- recording this 8.32 Tuesday night, uh, so yeah, let's get into it. Oh, before I get into all this, I just want to let y'all know, I have been dealing with like a cold for the past like week or two, so my voice may sound weird, it might sound off, uh, I'm not super sick, just got a little bit of a cold, uh, so just want to let y'all know, but anyway... Uh, without further ado, let's get into it. Skill challenge. Okay, so the win. I don't want to talk about this too much, because uh, who really cares? Bam added. At wow, I cannot speak. Talking is hard. Bam Adebayo won the skills challenge. He's the first big man winner since Kristaps Porzingis. And I don't know if they did the whole format differently this year, but in years past, it has been. Uh, one side of the bracket was guards, and then one side of the bracket was bigs. Uh, this year, they had guards going up against bigs, like, in the first round. I don't know if they did that last year. I kind of forgot. Um, and I watched uh, the Skills Challenge last year, and I don't remember them doing that. They may have done that last year. Uh, but anyways, congrats to Bam Adebayo winning the Skills Challenge. First big man winner since Kristaps Porzingis did it in 2016-2017. I guess that would technically be the 2017, uh, or in, in the year 2017, since that's when All-Star, or the All-Star break would have been. Uh, so congrats to Bam Adebayo for winning this year's Skills Challenge. Uh, let's move on. I don't remember who all was in that. I know Patrick Beverly, Chris Middleton, DeMontis Sabonis, uh, who else? I said, did I say Spencer Dinwiddie? He was in it. Who else? Pascal Siakam. Uh, I don't, I'm probably, I'm forgetting some people. Uh, but yeah. Alright, let's go ahead and move on. Talking about the three-point contest, which was really good this year. A really exciting three-point contest. We had Trey Young, um, Devontae Graham, Duncan Robinson, Devin Booker, uh, Money Healed, Zach Levine, Joe Harris, and that's it. Those were the contestants. Uh, Trey Young, I'm a Hawks fan. I was super excited, super pumped to watch Trey Young perform in the three point contest, and he sucked. He was terrible. He only scored 15 points, and if you score anything less than 20 points in the first round, you're getting eliminated. Uh, so that that was a, t- a tough a tough first round for him. Uh, he missed both do. Oh yeah, I want to talk about the the uh, two new do zone shots. So this year they changed up the format a little bit. Uh, just like just like they have done for the past few years, they've had five racks. One rack is money balls only. But this year they added two new shots that are twenty nine feet nine inches from the basket. They're called do. They, they these two shots are called the do zone. And they are worth three points. Um, so I, I liked that addition. That was a really cool addition. Um, Treyon actually missed both shots from the do zone. And he took way too long on his first four racks. And so when he got to the last rack, which was his money ball rack, he was speeding through it. His mechanics were off. Um, so he struggled. That, it was a bad uh, 
first appearance in the three-point contest from him. Uh, we'll probably see him in it again sometime in his career. Next up after him was Devontae Graham. He struggled early. Couldn't really overcome his bad start. He 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 got back into it, got into a groove, uh, finished with 18 points. That's not enough to move on. Then Duncan Robinson came after him. He was okay. Only scored 19 points, so, you know, that's not going to be enough. He actually has a really weird shot, Duncan Robinson. When he shoots, his knees kind of buckle because he doesn't have proper alignment. If he would, like, turn his feet to the left, kind of turn his feet at an angle, um, he would get the proper alignment, and his knees wouldn't buckle, because his knees buckle to kind of give him that power uh, when he shoots. And so if he if he eliminated that buckle by turning his feet, his shot would be even better. Because um, he, he's already shooting really well, shooting over 40% from three this year. He's been really good uh, as an undrafted rookie. Man, right after him uh, was Devin Booker, who was incredible. And Devin Booker has one of the prettiest jumpers in the entire NBA. I will say that there's one issue with his jumper that I have personally. He brings the ball up on the left side of his body um, instead of bringing it up straight. Like It's kind of hard to explain because this is the audio-only podcast, so I can't really show y'all with a video. Uh, but instead of bringing the ball straight up uh, in the middle of his body, he brings it up to the left side and then straightens it out. And that little curve, um, it does affect his jump shot. And if he fixed that, he probably would shoot over 40%. But he's, I, th- I believe he's never shot over 38% from three in his career. Um, so if he would just, just to fix that small little issue, he would improve so much as a shooter. And he still did great in the first round. He uh, scored 27 points. He was awesome. He did great. And then Buddy Hill right after him, he had 27 points. And he, he has a weird jumper as well. Not a weird jump shot. Uh, but I noticed... This thing with a couple of the players in the three-point contest. When they shoot, uh, you would like for when you, uh, I'm trying to find the words that I want to say. When you release the ball, your arm flicks. And you want it to be smooth and you want your arm, your arm that you shoot with to straighten out. But some of the players, their arm, like, bounces back and then re-straightens, which is not good. Uh, Money Hood actually has that problem. It's not a huge issue. Like it, it affects his jump shot, uh, but it doesn't drastically affect it. Like he's still a great shooter and one of the best shooters in the league. Uh, but I, I did notice that watching the three point contest. Uh, also, I don't know who else has that issue. I believe Davis Bertans has that issue. Who, who shot right after him? Uh, Devonte Graham struggles with that. Devin Booker doesn't. His his jump shot's really pretty. Uh, Robinson, I don't remember if Robinson has that issue or not. Uh, Trey doesn't, uh, but that's something I noticed, uh, with Buddy Heald specifically. I wanted to bring that up. Davis Bertans, he came up after Heald. He had 26 points. He was great, and he, he has an interesting jump shot. I like his jumper. Um, it's pretty clean, especially for a big like him. Uh, but he, he did really well, uh, scoring 26 points. Then Zach Levine came up right after him. I didn't expect Zach Levine to do all that well. He's not a great three-point shooter. And he scored 22 points. And that still wasn't enough to move on, which is pretty crazy. Uh, but he did well. Just went it, just other dudes just went off in the three-point contest. So he didn't move on. Then Joe Harris, uh, he tied Zach Levine. He had 22 points. I think Joe Harris 
probably had the prettiest jump shot out of all these contestants. His jump shot is so pretty. It's like a, a uh, it, instead of being one motion, it's a two motion jumper. So he brings it over his head, uh, with, and Matt makes it a two motion jump shot. And it's pretty. He uses his legs uh, a lot. He gets a lot of power from his legs. And it's just pretty. His arm straightens out. And there's no uh, bounce back with his arm. And he doesn't have to re-straighten. He just straightens um, at the release. It's a very pretty jump for Joe Harris. He actually won it last year. He beat out Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, which was insane. Uh, but he wasn't able to move on this year. He got bounced in the first round. He and Zach Levine, they did well. Just Bertans, Heald, and Booker went off. Uh, so second round, Bertans, uh, he didn't score enough. And Heald and Booker, they went at it. Booker had 26. And then Heald, he had 26. But he beat Booker on his last shot. He made his last money ball uh, on what I believe was his money ball rack. And he, he was able to beat Booker out to win. This year's three-point contest. It was a great final round for Booker and Hill. That was a great battle. The three-point contest is always super fun. It's always a great event. I love watching it. Um, and it's so consistent. And it's just a great event. And this year was no different. And we had a great finish, which made it even better. Alright, moving on to the dunk contest. And this year's dunk contest was crazy. And to say that is crazy is an understatement, because it was flat out wild. Uh, Dwight Howard, uh, was he he went first. Then there was Pat Connaughton. Then we had Aaron Gordon, who was in the 2016 dunk contest. Then we had uh, Derrick Jones Jr. He had been in it before. He might have won it one year. I don't believe he had, but he may have. I don't believe he had. He had definitely been in the dunk contest before when he was with. The Phoenix Suns. I don't know if he won it that year. Uh, but we have four really good contestants. And the the biggest takeaway from the dunk contest is the judges. They were really, really bad. And that's something that has been a a, a black mark on the, on the dunk contest for years. The judging has been really bad. They've been too lenient. They've been inconsistent. And it's just been really bad. My main issue with the dunk contest is the judging. And I don't like having celebrity judges. Like, can someone explain to me why Nick Cannon, or not Cannon, sorry, why Common and Chadwick Boseman were judges? Like, why are celebrities judging the dunk contest? In my opinion, only former dunk contest winners should be eligible to judge the dunk contest. And no disrespect to Wade or Pippen or um, Candace Parker. No disrespect to them because they're all they're all great basketball players. But unless you've won a dunk contest before, you should not be eligible to judge, in my opinion. Now, you know, if Aaron Gordon wanted to judge it one day, I think I might. That might be an exception. You have to at least be have been in the dunk contest before. Because I'm tired of these judges having no clue what they're doing and giving 50s to dunks that don't deserve it. Like, Dwight Howard's first dunk was good. Like, he he did that little 360 where he, like, paused in the air. That was an impressive dunk. I would have given it, like, an 8. Um, And then his second dunk, 
it was a simple like little cockback one one like tomahawk jam. It was basic, and it got a forty nine because it was a tribute to Kobe, and that's the only reason why it got a forty nine. His first dunk was easily better than that one, and his first dunk got eight points lower. That's ridiculous. Um, and that's just one issue I had, and. You know, Pat Connaughton, he got disrespected. His Both of his dunks in the first round were really good. Um, and he didn't have to do multiple dunks. That's one issue I have with the dunk contest. Guys are missing dunks and aren't being penalized, which is so frustrating as a fan watching this event because guys are taking, like, three attempts to make a dunk and are still getting a 50. When Pat Connaughton did a really two really difficult dunks, and on one of them, he didn't even have to do it more than once. And, and he's not getting rewarded for that. That, like, being able to dunk it, like, on your first attempt means something. And I feel like the judges just don't care about that. Um, and it should mean something. But to them, it doesn't. Now, the second round, the final round, which lasted, like, it lasted all, a minute. Because Aaron Gordon, D Derek Jones Jr., they put on a show in Chicago. They were both absolutely fantastic. I don't think Aaron Gordon was robbed because Derrick Jer Derek Jones Jr., he had some crazy dunks. It's not like he was a scrub on Saturday night. No, he was fantastic. It should have been a tie in my opinion. I rewatched the dunk contest because before I did a podcast, I wanted to make sure um, that I knew what I was talking about and so I didn't say that Aaron Gordon was robbed. Um, and I legitimately don't think he was robbed. I think it should have been a tie. I don't think either of them were better than the other one. I, I, but, I mean, you can argue that Aaron Gordon had a better cumulat cumulative score. Uh, but I thought both he and Derrick Jones Jr. had great dunks. Um, a lot of them deserved 50s. Uh, too bad uh, Dwayne Wade possibly rigged it for Derrick Jones Jr. One of the judges screwed up. I'm not going to blame it on Dwayne Wade. I think it's likely that Dwayne Wade was the one that screwed it up because the judges agreed to make it a tie. One of them screwed up. I personally think it was Wade. I don't have evidence. So uh, I'm just going to say that, you know, we don't know who it was. <coughs> Excuse me. But, you know, it was a great, dunk, a great dunk contest. Probably the second greatest dunk contest of all time. I still think 2016 was the best. Uh, but this one was up there. This one was probably the second best of all time. It was crazy. When Eric Gordon dunked over, when he jumped over Taco Fall, that was amazing. Like, for him to be able to clear the shoulders of a 7'5 human being is insane. I still would have only given him credit. I would have given him a 9. Although the dunk was impressive, he teabagged Taco Fall's neck. He didn't clear him all the way, so I would have penalized him for that. Uh, but, yeah, that was a crazy dunk. And then Derrick Jones, he had some absolutely wicked dunks. I don't like how he got such high grades for doing He did the same kind of dunk where he did the between the legs in the air. He did that dunk multiple times. Did it di different ways. I still would have liked more variety from him. Aaron Gordon had one of the greatest dunks of all time, in my opinion. Or one of the greatest dunks I've ever seen. Now, I'm young, so that doesn't mean much. But he, like, the ball bounced off the backboard. I can't even explain what he did. It was ridiculous. He, like, he, like, cuffed it. Did this. I, it, It's so hard to explain what he did. But it was insane. Um, but, yeah. 
Now that I'm thinking about think about it, he might should have won it. Nah, nah. Derrick Jones had some ridiculous dunks. Yeah. And then Eric Gordon brought out the TikTok girls. He should have been disqualified immediately for that. Uh, I'm just kidding. But yeah, I really hate the TikTok NBA like partnership thing they're doing. That they did this weekend. Like TikTok. I mean, I'm not hating on kid on these kids. Like you know, they're they're securing the bag. Uh, the like the way they're doing it. I got. I have no problem with that. It's just kind of cringe, in my opinion. Um, and it just it's kind of cringe seeing those girls interact with NBA players. But whatever, I'm not hating. Uh, you got you got to secure the bag any way possible. Um, but yeah, this is a great dunk contest. A respect to Aaron Gordon and Derrick Jones Jr. for showing out, putting on a show for us fans. That was a great dunk contest. One of the best all time. Alright, I'm going to talk about the All-Star game, but before I do that, I'm going to take a break, get a drink, and then we'll hop back into the podcast. Alright, let's talk about the All-Star game. I'm back from my break. And this year, we had a brand new format for the All-Star game. It was really weird, really interesting. Uh, so, at the beginning at the beginning of every quarter, the score would be 0-0. Zero to zero. They would keep track of the points scored in each quarter. And they had like a total score scoreboard in the top right corner of the game or of the broadcast. And then in the fourth quarter, whoever was winning, uh, they would add 24 points in honor of Kobe Bryant to that score. And that would be the target score for for each team. And whoever got to that score first uh, would win the game. And so the target score in the fourth quarter ended up being 157. And the fourth quarter was awesome, but before I get to that, I want to talk about the the uh, rest of the game, because it's always fun to, like, to watch this game, to see all the, the best, the, like, the best of the best of the NBA, see them come together to play in, in one game, seeing all that talent on one court, it's incredible, Kawhi Leonard, he was awesome in this game, he had, like, seven threes in the first half, which tied Russ's record for threes, um, in one half, he was awesome. He was hitting everything. It felt like he couldn't miss. Ben Simmons, he was great, too. I mean, he was electric um, on defense. Like, he was playing defense in an all-star game. Like, what are you doing, my guy? That's crazy. Like, you never see people play defense. And he was giving it his all on, on that end of the, of the floor. Um, he was awesome. And he had this little connection with Jason Tatum. They were playing really, really well together. And it made you think, like, what if Philly would have drafted Jason Tatum? Um, in 2017, when they drafted Markel Fultz instead, um, you know the Philly Philly would be a lot different now, and they might be a lot better. They might have a ring. You never know. Uh, but it was fun watching Simmons and Jason Tatum play on the same team. Man, Brandon Ingram got hosed. He only played nine minutes. Like that was the lowest of anybody. Like I think the the second lowest is like 14 or 16 minutes. Brandon Ingram played nine minutes. He barely got to see the floor. That's hilarious to me. Uh, LeBron, he was terrible in this game. He was really bad. Um, he really struggled from three. Now, some of the threes he was taking, they were just ridiculous, ridiculously deep threes. So I understand why his three-point percentage uh, was so bad. But in the fourth quarter, he wasn't great. He had some highlights in the first three quarters. But when the defense amped up, he struggled a little bit. i got to be honest, he, he struggled. Um, but yeah, CP3, he played well, um, had over 20 points, Giannis, he was going nuts, um, he, he played out of his mind, and he would have been a lot to win the MVP, um, if Kawhi didn't, didn't have that great first half, 
Um, but Kawhi did what he did, and he secured the MVP. Um, and then Rudy Gobert had like the weirdest performance in All Star Game history. He had like tw- he had a double double, a twenty point double double. It was crazy, and he's not flashy. Like he he's a rim protector, uh, but he was catching lobs from Trey all game, and he was really good. Now, I really, really like this new format. I don't know how I feel about it for the first three quarters. Like, the, it doesn't really matter for the first three quarters. All, all that matters is the fourth quarter was intense. It had some playoff intensity. And it like in both teams were playing high-level defense. And it was fun to watch. Um, like, uh, watching these guys make rotations on defense was... It was amazing. It was incredible to watch. I, I mean, I, I just loved watching guys rotate on defense because you don't see guys play defense at such a high level every night. Uh, and to see these all-stars and these superstars um, make such good rotations, it's like, wow, this is how you play defense. And even guys that aren't known for being good defenders were playing really good team defense, and it was exciting to watch. Um... And it, like, we haven't seen an All-Star game like this since, like, the early 2000s. Maybe, I, I don't really remember the 2016 All-Star game. I know it was fun to watch. Um, I'm not a huge All-Star game guy. I, I'll watch it, uh, but I won't, I won't watch all of it. it. It usually gets stale and boring um, late into the game. But that was not the case this year. It was really fun to watch. And it was just fun to watch Embiid, like, Embiid the fourth quarter. He hit two huge shots uh, towards the end of the game. He was great. The refs missed a lot of travels. I did notice that. There were a ton of travels they did not call, um, and it, which would have changed the whole entire... Um, it would have changed the game in the end, uh, but they missed some travels. And Kyle Lowry, he, he played his butt off. Like he, he, took, he took two charges, which is crazy in an All-Star game, uh, but he took two charges... Could have three, but one wasn't called. Um, he was he was good on defense. And Kemba Kemba played great for the first three quarters of the game, but then in the fourth quarter he fell apart. He he just crapped the he just went to bed. He was terrible in the fourth. And Trey Young, I don't know if he if he even played at all in the fourth quarter. Um, but he he didn't play that much. He was a starter, but only played sixteen minutes. Kyle Lowry played more than he did. Kemba played more than he did, and Kemba sucked at the end. Um, it would have been nice to see Trey Young play in, in the fourth quarter uh, when Kemba was struggling, but you know, Nick uh, Nurse decided not to play him. Um, I mean, whatever. I'm not. I don't really care. You know, um, that's that's whatever. Uh, but it is just so much fun to watch that that fourth quarter. It was crazy towards the end. James Harden he had like a wide open layup for the game, but instead he passed it out to the three point line. And I saw people were arguing about this on Twitter, uh, whether or not he made the right decision. And he had the angle to go up for a layup. It was close. Like, it, it, I don't know if he would have gotten blocked or not. It was a lot closer than people thought. He he seriously could have gotten blocked. Uh, and I don't think it was a bad decision to pass it out to the three-point line. Because uh, I, I seriously think he would have gotten blocked. Uh, th- those guys were closing in really fast. Uh, and I think they made some good rotations on defense on that play. And passing it out, passing it out to I believe Chris Paul in the corner was not a terrible idea, um, and that that was on the final play where Anthony Davis got fouled and he won the game with free throws. I do hate that with this format you can win the game 
on free throws. And, like, like right after free throws, the game just automatically ends. I don't like that. I don't know how they fix that. Uh, but I would like them to figure out a way to eliminate that because I don't like that part of the game. Um, I hated that. Uh, oh, another huge play from the, from the All-Star game. The Giannis block, which was super close to a goaltending. Uh, I actually liked that they called it a jump ball. Um... But it was really, really close. If you did it, if you looked frame by frame, it's hard to tell. I think it's a goaltending. Um, but I like the way they called it. I like that they called it a jump ball. It's super hard to see. There's no concrete evidence, in my opinion. I think it's a goaltending, but there isn't concrete evidence, so I like the call. That was super close, and that's a crazy defensive play. I've never seen anything like that. That was insane. Uh, but shout out to the NBA for switching up the format. Uh, now the All-Star game is interesting, and it's really fun to watch. And I can't wait. I, I can't wait for next year's All-Star, All-Star weekend. It's going to be really fun, and I can't wait for the All-Star game. So shout out to Adam Silver for making that change. All right, now I want to talk about the two moves that Houston Rockets made, I believe, yesterday uh, or last night. They signed Jeff Green and, and um, Demar Carroll. Two huge signings. If Demari Carroll can shoot like he did with the Atlanta Hawks, this will be a great move for them. Um, and this really is just them doubling down on small ball. Uh, they didn't get a big, so they are just they are going full head of steam with this uh, small ball lineup, and I kind of like it. I, I'm I love seeing a team embrace this five out offense. Because I think the five-out offense is really, really good. It, it generates really good offense, especially when you have movement and you have cutters. Like The five-out offense can be deadly. And I think if the Rockets um, use it to their advantage and use it and get the most out of the five-out offense, they could be a legitimate title contender. Because it, it's such a lethal offense and a, a lethal offensive scheme. Um and you can do so many things out of five out of the five out offense. It's really crazy. And with James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and all those shooters, it can be extremely hard to defend. Is it gonna work in the playoffs? Probably not. Uh, but I, I I can't wait to see if they can have success with it in the postseason. It'll be fun to watch. I love these two moves. Um, I love the fact that they're doubling down on this offense. If they're gonna uh, play the way they play where they shoot a lot of threes. They might as well embrace it, go full on in with the small ball. And I love these moves. And I love what the Rockets are doing. All right, moving on. Clippers, they made a huge move today. Uh, Reggie Jackson got bought out by the Pistons. They signed him. Uh, the Lakers also wanted to make wanted to get him on their team. But instead, he chose to go to the Clippers. Uh, this is a good move by the Clippers. They get a backup point guard. They cut Isaiah Thomas. A week or two ago, um, and now they get Reggie Jackson, um, a huge, huge uh, buyout pickup for them. They got a huge, a good buy a buyout guy for um, to be their backup point guard. Now Reggie Jackson isn't great, um, like he he's by no means a great player, but he's a solid backup point guard if he plays within their system. Um, if he doesn't try to take the last shot like he's Kobe all the time, like he did in Detroit, uh, he could be he could be a really really solid backup point guard for them. And if he fits in with their team and their roster, um, and if he can really play like he did in OKC, wow, they are the Clippers are going to be really really deadly in the postseason. And this just improves their depth even more. Like they have a ten man lineup in the playoffs, which. 
you probably don't realize that's incredible. That that's an incredible amount of depth. Like the Raptors last year, uh, they were one of the deeper, if not the deepest team in the playoffs. And they only had, and they had, or not only, and they had nine, they went nine deep. Uh, their rotation was nine guys deep. The Clippers are going to go ten deep. They're going to have two five-man rotations, which is insane for the playoffs. Like, the Bucks last year only had, like, seven guys, seven playable guys in the playoffs. Um, but the Clippers have ten. It, it, this is an insane amount of depth that's unprecedented. Um, but I, I love these two, these moves by these two teams. Uh, it really helps them in their in their push for a in their push for the title this year, and I like it. Uh, that's all I got to say in this podcast. I know it's short, uh, but there wasn't a whole lot to talk about this weekend. Uh, football's over. I'll, I'll probably talk about the XFL coming up soon, uh, but that'll be for another podcast. I gotta end the podcast. I'm getting my voice is killing me. My throat is a little bit. But anyway, I hope you all enjoyed this. If you want to see more content from us here at The Wire, check us out at thewiresports.com. We got this podcast under the podcast tab. We got articles. I just released an, art- an article on how to fix the NBA dunk contest. Um, You can find our YouTube videos on our website. You can also go to our YouTube channel at The Wire. Um, and that's pretty much it. I hope you all enjoyed this, and I'll see you later. Thank you.